out there, Foxes fans, and welcome back to another edition of the U.S. Foxes podcast. Coming to you live, as always, from various time zones around the United States. As always, am your host, Matt Folks, coming to you from San Diego, California. Also joined tonight by the entire squad. We got the whole team for you guys. I know we've been uh, off for a few days. We got so much to cover tonight. We drew to Ipswich. We beat another Birmingham manager. Uh... KDH was being fitted for suspenders and a monocle in preparation for, you know, joining the hipsters in Brighton. So uh, I'm very happy having my boys here tonight to cover all this. Starting first, just a little bit north of here in Del Mar, Mr. Chris Warner. What's up, dude? How you doing, buddy? Nice to see you again. Nice to see the boys again. It feels like it's been a long, long time. Um, We had the pleasure of Saturday down at the Bluefoot, which was an absolute experience. It was a Great to be the num- on the number one screen again, Matt, in the main room, making a lot of noise for the Leicester boys. So, it was. Uh, yeah, it was. Can't, w- can't wait to talk about the boys and what a, I think, really successful January it's been. Also joined this evening down in Houston, Texas, by the Texas Foxes man himself, Mr. Jim Harris. What's up, bud? Hello. I'm glad to have the whole squad back, just like um, Pat and Dacker returning from AFCON. Chris is back on the pod, and I feel like I'm back from injury as well so looking forward to being part of it and talking about a couple of games and two wins which is nice after a a draw and a loss in the last couple yeah it seems to be back on track certainly so thank you for joining us tonight also joined this evening as always by our new york fox mr jason becker what's up dude oh guys how are you here we are we are at the end of january at the end of dry january i see a few uh Nice looking beverages on on my screen right now, and uh, uh, I'll be partaking with you guys soon enough. Well, I for one admire your you know willpower basically because I I just I've been not drinking just during the week, and I get to Friday and I feel like my fucking mouth is watering on my drive home uh, from work. Just you know picturing that crisp Peroni that I'm gonna put into my mouth when I get home. Uh, anybody else doing dry? Chris, you doing? Yeah, I know you're not doing dry January. Oh, well, uh, judging by me on Saturday, mate. Yeah, no way in a million years. I'm doing dry January. Well, yeah, we in ten days. Sorry, sorry, man. But in ten days, I'll be over on the other side of the pond. So I definitely need to, you know, I need to to make some room for uh, for oh, the tiger when I get over. A hundred percent. And I've been doing damp January, very wet. <laughs> you need to uh, get ready to you know, put some down because those boys know how to put them down over there. Yeah. It's like, kind of like when like, uh, endurance athletes do that mountain training, you know, to, yeah. uh, kind of do it. I think feel like I'm doing a version of that for the pubs, uh, over in the UK. For sure. I'll have one at the hero for me. Uh, one thing that hasn't been dry has been Leicester city news and games and matches since we, uh, last came to you guys. We'll start with uh, the Ipswich, basically the exact repeat of the first Ipswich match. Uh, the boys give it up late, a one nothing win. It was just snatched from us uh, in the final minutes by Ipswich a la the first match. Chris, do you talk to you uh, about this one, get you started on that. Yeah, um, I think frustrating, just like the Boxing Day game. I think the major difference, though, between... The, um, the the game at uh, Portman Road and the game at the KP. I, as the game went on, 
normally you see us kind of, I think it, we just looked, we just looked like we were going to concede in that game. It really felt as it went on. I got the impression that something was going to happen. I just didn't think we looked great, too great. And I mean, ultimately you take one all in those situations because we've still got a healthy lead over Ipswich. I think the run of games that Ipswich had up to that game, um, Southampton are now pressuring them. I still think they're looking down rather than looking up at us at this moment in time. So I think taking a point in that situation is completely fine. And we're still, what, after tonight, 10 points clear. And so, um, yeah, it, it, it feels really frustrating because it does feel like we could have got all six points from them. And if it wasn't for a double doink and then a lapse in concentration, we would have had it. Lapse in concentration was basically exactly where I was going to go because it just does seem that we have, for whatever reason, we're still having trouble closing out games, Jason. Um, so, you know, on a smaller scale tonight, you can't even really, you know, compare a three to one win. But at the same time, it's annoying as shit. All you had to do was see Mads Hermanson's post after the game to know how upset he was about it. So what do you think? Is there is there an underlying issue here? Why Why we can't finish these games off? Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know if it's as, like, awful as people are making out. I think there's still, uh, like, residual effects from what we dealt with under Brendan Rodgers, right, that that people are still, you know, associating with this team. Well, we have given up the by far the bulk of uh, our goals against or our highest segment of goals against is um, in the last 10 minutes of games. We also score quite a lot late in games as well. So it's a bit of a, you know, double-edged sword there. I I think the issue in the Ipswich game, it, it was it, the, it was a, to use the cliche, a game of two halves. First half completely dominated. It could have easily been up two or three, though. Like, and the game could have been over. But, you know, we didn't take our chances, and generally that's what separated us from the other sides in the division, we take our chances and they don't always. Second half, McKenna did the right things. He made the right moves and put fresh legs out there and we were tired. And um, Winks was exhausted. KDH was getting tired. Um, other players were starting to fade and Enzo didn't make those substitutions and, and get the fresher legs on there, and we lost control of the game. Um, I don't know if Enzo was trying to make a point uh, by keeping Dennis Pratt on the bench when he played 90 minutes in the very next game. Kind of reminded me of uh, earlier in the season when Enzo would keep two keepers on the bench to kind of make a point. Like, hey, what's going on with the squad? And here we are. We just lost Cassidy. He's been trying to side a midfielder. And we seem to be no closer to, to getting one through the door at that game. So I wonder if that was kind of Enzo's way to say to the board, like, look, look what I'm working with here. Look what I'm dealing with. Um, but I agree with Chris. At the end of the day, a point's not the worst thing in the world. It's just like, I don't know. I, we just have a segment of the fan base though, that's just going to like sour over this and, and, and stew when, you know, I, I don't think it's as bad as, as people trying to make it out especially when we have the lead that we have. We could win 9-0, and I don't think we'd appease all the fan base at this moment in time. Like Everybody, there's just a certain segment that no matter what Enzo does, 
is always going to moan about everything. <laughs> For sure. Well, you said it too. I had forgotten Jason completely on my rundown of shit that has happened. Uh, that yeah, <laughs> since we last talked to you guys, we uh, lost the services of Mister Cassidy. He uh, is recalled on his loan back to Chelsea. Um, I Jim, let's go to you on uh, Cesare, and and are you going to miss him? Uh, did he do much for you? Two goals and uh, some shitty haircuts. I I mean, what 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 else you got? <laughs> he has one of those tattoos that that looks like he's got an earpiece in as well. So <laughs> that. Um, <laughs> look, I think he scored a vital goal. You know, his first goal was a vital goal, right? And I think that that's probably if it, his contribution to the season in a way. Um, he was he was okay. I think he was a bit too slow on the ball. He wasn't really up to speed. It seems a bit. I think after all the excitement and hype of hearing about you know player of the tournament and you know in the under twenty World Cup and and so forth, I think we saw a little bit of like you know what it takes to step up from the under twenty World Cup to. The championship even uh he was off the pace i think we all got really excited watching him probably certainly on youtube clips when we heard we were linked with him playing for chelsea in the pre-season matches in in the us and you know had a couple of nice touches and i think that's probably the summary of his tenure with us a couple of nice touches not really that impactful i think we've probably seen that even you know he he was sort of he's got some potential but i don't think he's ready and um i think the biggest problem is going to be depth really and as you as you said earlier like jason like is he not making was, was he not making subs in like the ipswich game to sort of prove a point of i don't have the depth um you know like playing two goalkeepers on the bench as you said but really i think that's the biggest worry just but i wonder if there's just you know we know that some in potentially Sensi coming in, I think we'll talk about that in a little bit, um, that, that may backfill. Hopefully, you know, KDH won't leave, which I think we'll also probably have a chat about. But is there some potential coming through from the under-23s that we don't know about as well? You know, we're, we're on 69 points with, you know, after 29 games. We probably only need another five, six points to make sure we get in the playoff spots. And then we probably, you know, if we get another what six seven wins you know that's probably i feel like we're pretty safe like out of you know quite still a fair few games to go we played 29 matches now so um you know i think it's probably a bit of both really chris are you gonna miss cesare cassidy just you're just gonna cry in your pillow about him no not really i liked his the fact he shaved his head thought that was quite nice as a, as a guy with not much hair, it's always appreciative when somebody just goes, <laughs> fuck it, I'll just go bold. So appreciated that. But in terms of everything else, I mean, like I think Jim nailed it. It was a couple of good moments, but ultimately it was just a lot of frustration. I really, I don't understand what Poch is doing at Chelsea, bringing him back, because at least at Leicester, he would have had game time. I can't see on the performances that he did in that first half of the season that he's going to fit into that Chelsea 11 and play. And so unless they have other plans for him, I just don't really understand that logic. Um, but ultimately, yeah, I think the biggest thing we're going to lose is, like Jim said, depth. And he was an option. But with Dennis Pratt coming back and getting hopefully a little bit, getting getting a few games in, he played all on Saturday in a little bit. 
um, there might be options there. But yeah, that's probably the only concerning thing about it. Well, after Ipswich, of course, we had a match Saturday at Birmingham, as we were talking. Um, uh, I'm sorry, a match at the KP against Birmingham uh, in the FA Cup, as we were uh, discussing earlier with Chris. And um, yeah, a nice, comfortable 3 nothing win. But I think the biggest news might have been what we uh, found out just before that game. And that was that uh, Hamza Chowdhury was being charged. Uh, with drink driving, drunk driving here in the States. Over there, it's drink driving. Um, and, man, hard to say because we haven't heard. I don't know. There's, you know, multiple sides to the story, I'm sure, that we're not, we haven't heard yet. But on the outside, it does appear that, you know, this is just another mistake that uh, he's made. If, of course, he was part of the COVID uh, lockdown breaker crew a few years ago that uh, got in trouble for that. Um, and, and I mean, I honestly had thought and hoped that with the club signing him to a new contract that, you know, some of those maturity issues and questions had been snuffed and snubbed out. But, uh, man, on the surface, it does uh, look disappointing. What do you uh, what are your what's your take, Jason? Yeah, um, you know, certainly without knowing all, all the facts, um, I'll just say like the reports are concerning. Um, the the silence, I think, from the club and and everyone is is, is also concerning about it. Um, if if what happened is true, um, and it's proven, then you know that's that's something that's really serious and can seriously put put lives uh, in 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 danger. And, um, yeah, so, uh, you know, I, I'm certainly concerned. Hamza is a player that I really like. I like his attitude on the pitch. I love that he's a local player as well. And, um, you know, Enzo seems to trust him a lot, and he's been given the captain's armband before. Um, so, you know, if this has happened, it is disappointing. wouldn't be the first time something like this happened with a player, and it was just kind of, like, brushed aside. And, um, you know, I do think that, you know, we need to think about um, sometimes the result in the the next cup game against, you know, Birmingham isn't as important as sometimes the message uh, the you know, the club is sending out by making sure decisions. Sure. Yeah. And I think that's why I think might have caught everyone off, off off guard when we saw that he was named, you know, into the team against Birmingham. and then, I mean, proceeded to play one of the worst halves I've seen him play in a very long time. Jim, what were your thoughts? Yeah, I wasn't surprised, as, as the guy said, to see him play. Um, you know, we don't have all the facts, Jason, as you said. We don't know what happened, but it doesn't send a good message to, like, even if someone's kind of, you know, it's not a good example. But is there a bit of, again, what's the depth that we had? We did have a fairly big game to today in a league match as well I think so I think there was a bit of rotation and whether it was what happened happened too late to change the team and change what they were going to do but I don't know what's going on behind the scenes yeah I don't I don't think he really his first half as you said Matt was pretty terrible I think I think probably quite a lot of the performance we'd We'd say it was quite not really up to what we would be expecting from what we've seen this season um, in the first half. And 
to be honest, I was surprised he wasn't one of the players that was taken off at halftime with the with the way he played. I actually thought that um, Cover, Cover, however you want to pronounce it, uh, Trent Alexander Arnold's wannabe. Um, wannabe Trent Alexander Arnold's yeah, idol after that. Exactly. Game. Yeah, uh, was actually showed some promise, and I thought yeah. he looked better than Hamza. And he looked actually our best midfielder in the first half. And I was surprised he was the one that was hooked um, because Pratt didn't offer anything. Eunice didn't offer anything. Hey, we know what happened with those two in the second half. Um, and I think a big, big shout out to Ricky P on that. But I think it's, we'll have to see what happens going forward, like with, you know, what comes out of the investigation. And then, like, is he going to continue to keep playing? I, I'd probably want to talk more about Stolachik. Nelson, yeah. Mark yeah. Albright about that Birmingham game than Hamza, to be honest. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Stolachik, despite his dodgy footwork in the first half, his actual goalkeeping ability was, it kept us in the game, dudes. It was like, we yeah. would, we, we had, well, I think we, that was probably one of the poorest first halves I've seen. It was very reminiscent of another incredible goalkeeping performance earlier in the season against Coventry when Mad stood on his head and kept us in the match. Yeah. Um, I, I think that, you know, he is showing very, very bright spots here. And the fact that he's an academy kid and, and is coming through, it's just even more, you know, another feather in Enzo's cap that he was able to let the cream rise to the top with 150 goalies uh, in, in the squad and, uh, and, and giving him the, you know, the number two instead of, instead of Danny or, or Daniel Everson. Um, and now, you know, good luck at Stoke to, to Everson, but um, it's, it's, it's good to see. Yeah, I think the only he was the bright spot in the first half. I think cover was that like I've got to give like chops to a kid on his first game to that take the ball like turn and play a first time pass that split the defense was was absolutely phenomenal. And that that was like oh boy, this kid's got a bit of potential is what I thought. But to me, they were the only first they were the only real highlights of the first half. The game is over without Stolarczyk and how well he played. Like, it, like stopping shots. Like, yeah. he, he was phenomenal. It was like Banks and Shilton, like, had a baby. <laughs> like he, and that he baby was, he was, <laughs> he was phenomenal. Like he, with Casper <laughs> Schmeichel. <laughs> I'm, I'm just looking at the stats that, like, they had, a, they had 19 shots, yeah. but only, yeah. only six of them were on target. But it felt like he did more in that first half. Yeah. Like it really did feel like every five minutes he was pulling off a, a great save. And I mean, we were shambolic that first half. Yeah, like, I didn't understand what the hell we'd done in the dressing room, but we were crap. Absolutely Enzo, crap. Enzo seemed pretty furious about how we played in that first half. And you know, to his credit, you know, he made some changes right away. Usually, yeah. you know, he's a little bit more patient, but you know that that game could have easily gotten out of hand. Mm, yeah, I think um, I think Ricky P coming on was the real difference, sub, wasn't it? Ricky P is a cheat code at this level when he is. Yeah, what is he it. doing? What is he doing? I mean, playing in this division, it's, it's, it's it was silly to watch how he affected the game. 
you just love Seagrave and being like giving the video tours of it. <laughs> he he was <laughs> fantastic. Albrighton showed up and just yeah, like showed him just like he did That's a little bit of everything. He had some fancy footwork too. The guy was just like Absolutely on a different level levels. in that second. Yeah. Didn't, didn't like Steffi Mavaduti tweet or like say like the the goal Albrighton to Vardy. 2015-16 cheat code and i just he, i just love that he says that about like he was nothing to do with that team and he's like that's how much he's in the squad and how much he loves those two guys i, I think it also shows like that is that season is football heritage man oh yeah like Absolutely. it like if you know anything about football if you followed anything like you know that team you know all 11 players and you know how freaking good those guys were yeah i'm i'm hoping they put all the pictures of um that team back up and not the fa cup winning team because we know brendan replaced all the pictures didn't he with with the the, the 2021 <laughs> cup winning team anyway uh, let's not talk about brendan let's not yeah no. <laughs> we're talking about depressing first half and then we no comment yeah um, no, I saw that even um, I saw that wannabe Leicester player James Madison uh, commented on it as well. Something about classes. Let go, Matt. Stop following him on social media. <laughs> so, no, the problem is the algorithm throws it to my face <laughs> or one of our listeners uh, will comment like, shut the fuck up on it, which I'm proud of you guys for saying that basically. <laughs> but then it pops up in my feed. So, um, But yes, uh, the, the post, the postman. Uh, the timeless one, Mark Albrighton, was doing his his shit, and it was so fun to watch, uh, delivering just an insane timeless ball to Jamie Vardy, like we said, who gets back on the score sheet after a month. So great to see number nine putting him in the net again. Uh, Eunice then with a fucking laser beam shot. If that's what that kid's got in him, I want to see more of it. And then Dennis Pratt, for good measure, just throws one in as well. And, uh, yeah, we get a nice 3 nothing. That was win. a nice finish from Pratt. It really was, yeah. And we've seen that before. When he gets a chance, he will do it. Jason, what were your thoughts on those goals? Yeah, just um, made it even sweeter that Albright did this against uh, Birmingham City, uh, a club he'd probably grown up to despise. He was yes. getting a lot of, you know, abuse from, from their away end. And then, you know, he showed them, you know, who the top dog is in, in, in that part of the Midlands. Barty getting a goal. I mean, hopefully that's now like one of uh, many more we'll see before the end of the season. And I'll just say like really savor that. Watch those highlights, you know, if you can make that goal part of, you know, give that goal a place in your memory bank because um, we don't know how many how much longer we'll get to see that iconic connection between Albright and Barty. So it was, it, I think – that that truly made the game special, I think, for me. Yeah, uh, Eunice was phenomenal in um, in that second half. Uh, what he did also leading up to the Vardy goal was great. He you know really pushed the play up, kind of lost the ball a little bit and got it back with a really nifty move and and, and started the play and sort of the ball out. So um, I was really happy to see Eunice, especially since like Enzo seems to kind of be pushing him in the press and saying yeah, he's not really what we want not where we want him to be yet and and maybe he knows just how to push Eunice's buttons because I think he's looked very good and I think he looked good again against um uh against Swans um uh today. So 
that was great. And I think more impressive than than Pratt's goal was the fact that he actually went out there and played 90 minutes for us. How many times have we seen that over the years? So maybe he's finally healthy. Maybe he's finally that, that the Belgian international that, that we meant to sign. Man, if we could unlock Dennis Pratt, that would be fucking great. Chris, uh, what were your thoughts on uh, those goals? Anything else to add? Well, Sharky, Sharky, I read a great stat. I think in the past six goals that Leicester have scored in the FA Cup, Sharky's been involved in five of them. He's either, I think he <laughs> oh, wow. scored two and assisted three. So I think it goes to show that when the guy's on the pitch, he's still delivering in terms of his capabilities and what he can do. So it was amazing. It was, like you guys said, Nostalgia 101. It was, what was nice to me as well, and I think you guys hit it on the head, I mean, Enzo was obviously pissed at half time, and we saw a response straight away. And so I yeah. think that's always a big thing when we can see a response like that. And um, I know we'll talk about it in a bit, but Bournemouth away is a hell of a tie for us and gives us a little bit of an opportunity to have a test, see where we are. And so I'm really excited to see the next round of the cup. And it's just a shame it's on a Wednesday or Tuesday. Just quickly, I just uh, just in defense of the first half and the players in the first half, uh, we did make a lot of changes and Birmingham played a, a pretty strong squad. Well, for, for them, a strong squad. So we made a lot of changes and we gave a lot of young kids an opportunity to play um, uh, on top of it being special to see Albrighton and Vardy Link for a goal. I think it was also fantastic to see eight academy players make appearances in that game. And um, good on Enzo for recognizing that opportunity and giving those kids a shot. And, uh, you know, it, I think that's something that fans love to see. We love to see players come out of the academy and have a chance to play with the senior squad, especially when that team is, is winning those games as well. So hopefully we'll see a few more of those players as, you know, Jim, Jim, mentioned earlier in the pod for sure are you uh what are your thoughts on the draw um gonna be a tough trip if you know down midweek to get down to the south coast of the fans i feel for the fans who are trying to get to that game but otherwise i think it's a great draw it's a good opportunity for us to you know test ourselves against a, a premier league side that's not one of the, the you know the big boys and you know i think if we're on our game you know with a strong squad we can we can definitely give them a run Absolutely. I think it's we've talked about all season long about we would love to see us against this this side this kind of team. So I don't think they'll uh there'll be any better way for us to prove our medal and, and see how we are uh at this point in the season. So yeah, let's just uh dive right in then to today's action against Swansea, you guys. Uh three to one comfortable win. Uh I say comfortable because it was essentially three nothing till the end of the game. Uh, when we once again gave up a goal, um, I'll start with you, Jim. Uh, what were your thoughts? Yeah, so I, I didn't get to watch it live, unfortunately. So I've had to see the extended highlights. So I'll go from that. And so it, from the extended highlights that Leicester City published, it was about halfway into the match because they have to have the people walking on the pitch for about the first 25 minutes and then they show the yeah. highlight. So Love for me, that. it felt like it didn't happen that quickly, Matt. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, it looked like um a really a really fast goal i think i think listening to sort of after the game and listening to the sort of some of the analysis from piper for example and looking at the highlights for the eye test swansea were pushing up and pressing but they were really playing a really high line that but not pressing properly so 
what I noticed a lot was a, this seemed to be the game where we moved the ball front to back really quickly. Like a lot of the chances were kind of almost like, okay, I'm going to mention him again. Sorry. Brendan, when we were good and we like moved the ball vertically, super quickly, one touch, two touch through. And it looked like that fast was making quick passes through. Uh, obviously, Dewsbury Hall's goal was from Patson Dacker slide rule pass. You know, the guy that's just come back from AFCON on Friday, straight back in the team and contributing to two goals, maybe he was involved. What was he? I don't know if he's still on the pitch for the third one. I think he was in and about there and um, probably should have had a couple himself by the look of the chances. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> which is the Pats and Dacker who we know and love, which is, you know, I think Piper described him as the new Kalechi because it was like genius and insanity combined. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was, it was really good to see Matt. And like that goal, that, you know, that was one of those where you're kind of, you see the confidence in Dewsbury Hall because he's clean through and he's looking at the keeper, looking at the keeper and he's got Casey McAteer who he can just slide the ball across to. And, you know, it's a, it's a free empty net. Right. But he doesn't, he just look, looks at Casey sees the keeper, terrible positioning from the keeper. The keeper just like showed his hand so early. It was unbelievable. And then he just slides it in the other corner. So yeah, a great start. And I think it got a KP like, we needed it, I think. It was like a continuation of the second half of the Birmingham game. And it gave us that momentum after, you know, not really a good couple of league games previously with, you know, the late goal against Ipswich and whatever that was against the M69 team that, you know, that we don't want to talk about. The uh, first half ends one nothing. Uh, the head into the second half, and uh, right away, Pats and Daka draws a penalty. Mavadidi buries it. Um, and Pats and Daka, Chris, you got a pretty cool stat on him, and it was good to see him back uh, in action so quickly. Uh, what were your thoughts on him today? And and you want to share that pretty cool stat? Yeah, um, I think everyone saw it. I think Daka. Uh during AFCOM became the first guy to score at every possible level of the tournament, right from the junior through to the senior ranks, which is a pretty cool thing to do. And as the first guy to do it, congratulations to him. Um, It's great to see him back. I think having him available is really, really going to help us over the next few weeks. It's going to give us more options up top. And ultimately it's going to allow us to rest body which I think is something that's going to be important as we get to the the run-in and the games that might come with the Cup. And then the league games are going to come thick and fast. So having him back is a huge thing. He gives us those options. Um, I didn't see much of the game. I think, I don't know, you boys can say more whether it was a penalty or not. Um, I think from some of the comments that I've seen from some of the chats, it, it, it was... 50-50 at best, but um, <laughs> I will say that I will say that I did see a video of the goal, and Madavidi took the penalty really well. I mean, when you when you're in that position, obviously um, he he was confident, composed, and put it in a position where no keeper's going to save it. I don't think so. Um, yeah, top job getting that and wrapping the game up. Yeah, Patton, uh, <laughs> he could have had 
easy hat trick today. Uh, yeah. Some some pretty bad misses. Uh, yeah, tell me about also. this miss in the first half. The one where oh. what happened? I'm dead serious, man. Like no, the four of us, our athletic days are are pretty far behind us. I'd say, and uh, any of us could have made this. It was one where if he'd have just stuck his foot out and just let it hit his foot, it would have gone in. But he, I I think he just tried to. I don't know if he was trying to. Steer it into the top right corner, or what was going on there? But just a shocker, man! It was a bad miss. And K- was that bad K- man? Okay. KDH also had a tough miss, also. But I actually, I think Dacus was easier to put away. I mean, he, I don't know how he sliced that wide. He just—he um, he was there, wasn't he? he? He was like, he got there. He did the hard part. Yeah. He, yeah. But I, I will say, he as frustrating as that was, because the game is just over early, right? If he just puts that second goal in, Swans wouldn't know what to do. I think it's no coincidence though, that we create a lot more chances when Doc is out there. I mean, we we scored three, could have had plenty of more goals, and we do look like a very threatening side. And other pl- and, and players around Daka get involved in the mix and you know in the in the offensive chances. When he's out there, I think he did pretty much everything else, mm. like almost ten out of ten today. It yeah. was just you know oh, yeah. you, the strikers you expect to score those goals, but you yeah. know what? If you're not going to score those goals, at least ha- then you better have a game like he had today, and he did. Mm. And I, I think the thing that stood out to me again from the highlights, so you know that's artificial, right? Was the quality of the chances we made, like. This was a game, like, I think volume-wise, it was, what, 14 chances or so. But it felt like a lot more because they were really good quality chances. Yeah. Like, you know, goals withstanding, like you said, Jason, the Dakar miss. The the one the, the other one where he kind of put it into the side netting as well. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, the Jewsbury Hall one. I think there was a few good. You know, uh, the Mavadidi one that was going in top corner. That's, yeah, that was, you know that was a great save from that keeper after he had calamity on a couple, couple of the other ones. You know, he was probably pissed off that I think the, the goal from the penalty was kind of a bit lucky because the goalkeeper dived too far out of the way, and I don't know. Like, I'm sure if you're Steffi Mavadidi, like, oh yeah, I knew he would probably dive into the corner, so I <laughs> lifted it above him towards the middle, and the, like that was a savable penalty for sure. But yeah, uh, it was. Nice to see. And the football looked nice. After the third goal, we might want to talk about style of football and the perception that's out there. What, what What's what's happening? Yeah, Eunice uh, gets our third one, which was really good to see because uh, for reasons we've already spoken about, uh, if, he, if he gets a scoring touch and starts showing some of the uh, little bit of skill and things that we've had glimpses of this season and can be another weapon for us. It will be so nice. And yeah, two for two and two for him. And he said on his post uh, on his goal um, against Birmingham, that this was going to be the first of many and damn, if he doesn't just score in the very next game. So I am here for the Eunice, uh, the Eunice show, Jason, though, let's go into uh, what you wanted to talk about uh, atmosphere wise. Yeah. Jim, I think makes a great point. Like the 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 quality of chances that we had were were exceptional today, and I just watching the game and listening to the game, all you can hear from the ground is just groaning and moaning, and it's like 
getting to the point where it's it's embarrassing. Like I'm I'm just sick of hearing it. Like I I don't understand what a large chunk of our fan base actually wants. And it seems like just people who need to complain for the sake of complaining. You're not going to play breakneck football all the time. And oh, you, you moan and groan because the ball doesn't go right up the pitch. Well, there are plenty of examples throughout that game of times that we did do that. You can't play like that 100% of the time. What? Because you're going to get the same thing when a player gives away the ball. There's no response. Like the, the fans are going to moan again because of that. We completely dominated that game. It was a comfortable win. We were just in a little bit of a blip, you know, dropping points against Ipswich, losing against Cub, which is a tough one. We finally had thing had a great atmosphere in the second, especially in the second half against Birmingham. And we come out and just hear this. It's like we have a team that's top of the table. Like what what are what are we expecting? And then second half, you know, fans are groaning and moaning and, and wanting the the ball to get right up the pitch. KDH tries to do that. And tries to, to go on a run. Does take a bad touch, but it was like what the fans, what what a good chunk of the stadium were like crying to, to see. It didn't work out. And what do you think? What 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 would the normal reaction do? Or like the player does what you want him to do. It doesn't work out. Like he's just scored a goal for you. You're trying to like you're. Everyone's upset because Bur- uh, Brighton is is looking to buy him. And like, there's no applause, no bit of encouragement for him after after he gives away the goal. Luckily, Daka wins a penalty shortly after that. But it was just like over and over and over and over again. That's all we're hearing from the crowd. It's just like like it's getting to the point where it's like, are you even like, what are you even there for? And right. I, I I know it's rich for me to like say this while watching, you know. Um, on television thousands of miles away, but it's like at, at some point, a lot of our fan base just kind of like needs to like look at it themselves and say like, what are we looking to get out of going to these games? But I, I think you, that's a great point, Jason, because I think also like, especially because what's been announced recently of we know how hard, I think we know how hard it's been to get tickets if you haven't got a season ticket or 8,000 member points right now as well. Yeah. So it's kind of like the people that are going, they're kind of like you said, they, if they're moaning and groaning and complaining about we're top of the league by 10 points, I feel like they would complain if they were watching 2015 Barcelona. 100%. Or whatever, or Man City right now, you know, but especially today where we did play some nice football that was attractive, that was cutting through and more direct, you know, it was the sport forward, right? I think it's just like you said. I don't think we played like a great game. Like, and was it the most exciting football? No, but the chances that were made and the goals were, and at the end of the day, like what you can't really get a whole lot more, than that out of the game like i'm not trying to tell people like how to be fans and um but it's just it, it it's become it's gotten and i 
and there should be anger and there should be frustration about us being in this division in the first place. But I do feel like there's a big crossover between a lot of those folks that are moaning and crying and folks that wanted to keep Brendan Rodgers and to keep, keep him in, in, in the job. And I, I just, it, it's gotten to the point now, though, where it's just, that's all you hear when you're watching these games. And I think that's what made the game against Birmingham just so enjoyable, especially in the second half. Not that we just came back and we looked like a different team and got wins, but like, there was like the the place was bouncing. There was like atmosphere again, and we know what this stadium can be like. And you know, we need to look around and and see and, and ask ourselves why it's not like this anymore. Like being in the second division is no reason to not go out there and try to enjoy yourself at the football. And, okay. and I, I made a sorry, yeah. Jim. Yeah, go, no, go ahead. I, I made a joke to to a friend and. It, I don't know. Like it, in some ways, we I I I know we have we we do have some some folks. It's kind of like, you know, like folks that are addicts about so not I don't want to say addicts, excuse me, but like folks that have just like pushed the boundaries so much. Like, let's say you've just been doing all this freaky stuff every night. It's kind of hard to go back to just like some some vanilla action anymore to like get yourself you know going again. Like here we are. We've won the league. We've taken all these trips all all around Europe. We've like played in the semifinal. We won the FA Cup, and now we're playing Swansea on a Tuesday night. I get it. I get it. You know, maybe it does not doesn't arouse you as much as playing Roma, but like this is where we are right now. And you want to be out there and like, like let's support this team and like we've. We're doing something, and we have an opportunity to, to make history in this division and get some real momentum and create a real siege mentality going into the Premier League where we're going to fucking need that. Yeah, but I, but I think, like, you know, we've got a lot of friends who go every week, and we know that, you know, we're, we're talking to them. They have loved this season. You know, they've been behind it. They're, like, pumped yeah. the winning. Like you said, Jason, there's, like, the flip side, right? We were, like, think how shit we were last season. We're winning yeah, every yeah. week. We're dominating nearly every week. We're not going to win every game. I think we all got super excited that we could win every game. And then, you know, we didn't because it, that sort of stopped quite early. And, you know, I think we're going to lose, you know, we might lose one or two more this season. It's not going to be perfect. But I think we're going to get, like, I feel like, you know, there was a doom and gloom. You know, the doom and gloom we heard on Fox's talk and on phone-ins of after the Coventry game. Well, I don't even know if we're going to get promoted anymore. I don't even think we're going to get win the league, let alone get second. Oh, blah blah blah. I'll just take you know. And it's like shut up. We've lost like one game against Coventry. Yeah, we shouldn't have lost against Coventry. They should have been up for that more. Coventry wanted it more. But I think we've shown resilience that we had. You know, we should we probably should have won as, as you guys said against Ipswich, but we couldn't hold on. And, yeah, and there was some mental fragility there, I think, as well. We dropped deeper and deeper and deeper. But I think then, you know, Birmingham game, we did have some, luckily, a great goalkeeper who kept us in the game. And then we kicked on. And I think we showed that we kicked on again tonight. And, like, that's the hope. And that's my positive side of, look, we're playing good football, top of league, 10 points clear. We don't have VAR. Hooray. We don't. We love that, right? You know, let's just enjoy that stuff. Because... If we win the league and we go to being what what the what the hell are people going to say next season if we get to the Premier League 
and we come, I don't know, 15th, right? Up, if, I, if we come 15th next season in the Premier League or 14th, I kind of be happy, you know. I just want to be solid back in and then, but they're going to moan out their asses because we lost to fucking Man City or we lost to, oh, we should have beaten Liverpool 1 0 because, you know, we, why did we concede to Liverpool in the 90th minute when we were 1 0 up and they battered us and had 35 shots? That's what they're going to say, these doomsayers. And I'm just like done with them. I think there's a bit like, I think there's a bit of like, you guys, why do you go? I think we know that we've, that, we've known that forever. We've been Leicester fans long enough, that's the four of us to know that there's people that you sit near when you go to the game when you think, or when we've been to the fan fest or whatever. And we think, why do you even like this club? Why do you want to follow this team that all you do is moan constantly about everything? And you know, I don't need that. I want to talk about a team. Like, I can moan if they're shit, and I, but I can also be like, fair play, another team is better than us, or whatever. There are times when the players need a little bit of, like, when things aren't going well in the pitch, you got to kind of push them and encourage them. Like, be, be home fans. And we, it, yeah. it can happen. And I, I got to say, the listeners aren't going to no. see this because we're on video. I don't know what's going on. But on my window here, it keeps like doing a thumbs down. Because you're doing it on your symbol. iPhone. You're doing it on your phone, right? I am on my phone. I didn't yeah. like. It looks like I'm disagreeing with every Apple, single point you're making. Apple has, so Apple has gestures from the camera. So you're kind of sitting with your hand on your head because you are like, oh god, what's happening? Oh. So you're pulling out on your on your you know Shay Long or whatever it is, you know how you live. I am comfy, guys. I am lounging. I'm just chilling no, tonight. The, 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 like, the, the thumbs down like, just keep popping through there. Yeah, no, I was trying to think of like anything I'm saying tonight, guys. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I agree. I'm like, no, I agree with him. Stop. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, does that mean that Siri is secretly one of those Leicester fans? Or is she completely in agreement yeah, with yeah, you? Yeah, Basically, all my iPhone has to say is, go forward. <laughs> I will say, I like. I think you guys are bang on with this. A um, couple of things from me. Often the, the the minority often have the loudest voices. So as much as um, I don't know how much of this is through the fan base, but there is always going to be a pocket to your guys' point. We could be winning the Champions League and someone would be moaning that we haven't got to the Club World Cup yet. I think that's just the Leicester fan base in itself. And the only other thing, maybe to defend them, if I can, would be... The frustration with this club last season and to the latter part of Brendan, just saying this is maybe what they're thinking is like to our point, yes, we're playing decent football, top of the league, but this is where we shouldn't be. And maybe there is just a little bit of not necessarily being in the moment, but looking more granular at the bigger picture and being as a club like, what might have been if it wasn't for some of the bad decisions that we've made over the past 18, 24 months that has led to this point. So if I'm being a kind of just being a contrary to this, that would be my only thing that I would say that that's maybe where they're thinking, but I'm with you guys. I'm on the side of the fence that like we're here for a reason and we need to get out of it. So there's no point moaning. Let's just face it, get promoted and then tackle the Premier League. Chris, I think you're being very magnanimous and generous to those fans. I think they think we've got some sort of divine right to walk the league and we should win every game six, That's seven, true. 
Yeah. And yeah, if we're not doing that through long ball, route one, get it forward. Get where's, it forward. Our, where's our plan B? Because something didn't work in five minutes. They they moan and that you know, they can they can F off. I, I, I have to say like hats off to Eugene F S this year. You know, I, I like they do certain things that, you know, I don't have to, you don't have to agree with everything about Union FS, right? But they're out there trying and like actively participating in the atmosphere and looking to encourage other folks to do the same. And they see that it's a problem and they're actually doing something about it. And, you know, if it weren't for them, I just dread to think of like what the stadium would sound like these days. Well, it's just like, what have you guys been watching all fucking season? How do you think that we're 10 points clear of the league now? I had a unique kind of perspective on this uh, at work because I've, I've got a, a new trainee training with me. And at lunch today, I had, you know, the match on. This guy is, let alone Leicester City, he's never, I don't know if you can count on one hand how many soccer games he's watched in his life. And, you know, he's watching the match and, one of the first things he said is, why do they keep passing it backwards? Why don't they just play it forward? And I just started laughing. Here's a guy that, you know, has watched zero soccer in his life with the same take as this vocal minority or whatever the fuck you want to call him uh, of our fan base, Jace. So, yeah, it was pretty. Yeah, it's, I mean, you know, there was a play, play where Pratt had the ball and, you know, didn't get it forward right away. But then made that made this the safe pass that would open up the that where to a player that could a hundred percent play the ball forward instead of Pratt forcing the ball forward, and led to Mavididi having and the fans started booing like and moaning right away, and it led to Mavididi getting the ball and having an, a great opportunity hitting the woodwork. So I don't know, like <sighs> we. It's hard to score three goals against anyone, no matter who you're playing, no matter what division you're in. And we scored three goals and probably should have had more. In my books, that's a successful game. I'm and one you. that I'd be very happy to to cheer for and to be positive for. And, and you know, I hopefully I'll be putting my money where my mouth is, you know, at uh, upcoming games in February where I'll actually be there. You're on a bit of a run right now uh, with the gambling, so I would not doubt that you will have success, good sir. <laughs> it's been a good year. Yeah. Um, DraftKings is subsidizing this trip. Over <laughs> Sponsored by DraftKings. I love it. Uh, so, yeah, next up is going to be Stoke uh, on Saturday. Uh, looks like it might be a bit of weather, too, so the old uh, – wet stoke game cliche is alive and well i think one of the only questions will be will we have a new player uh on the roster by then um depending on what you believe stefano sensi is already in leicester or he's i i mean it changes every five minutes it seems like fab sending out a new uh leicester rumor chris what where are we where do we stand yeah, it com- very confused at this moment in time. I mean, you've Fabrizio has been over this for the past what week or so, and every day he posts that the deal is pretty much done. Five hundred thousand loan with a two million euro buy. Should we get promoted to the Premier League? Um, however, the messaging from the club is completely different. 
It's been since the beginning of the window. It's been, we need to get rid of a player. We need to get rid of some players in order for us to bring players in. And I think Jim pointed out before this, Enzo's post-match, he even said that I think we've got who we are and that's it. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what comes over the next 48 hours. Um, I think it's... It's one of those situations where, um, obviously, one of the things I was signing an Inter Milan player, which is fantastic, but ultimately, there's a reason why it's kind of financially a reasonable situation. And just echoing talking about DraftKings, like it's a gamble. I mean, this guy has an injury track record that isn't great, he's pretty prone to, to being injured, being out for a while, so it's a risk. But, um, you know what, it would be kind of ultimate Leicester City that we think that Seagrave is cursed. So we bring someone in who is injury prone and he is the one that breaks the curse and forevermore it will become <laughs> the ultimate <Yeah. laughs> ultimate rehabilitation centre in, in, in football. So I have, I'm, I'll be excited to know what happens over the next 48 hours. Yeah, I would love that if we were able to you know, strike gold twice with uh, Inter Milan uh, midfielders that would be just great yeah. i know you know chris you're an even bigger fan of esteban because of his haircut so you you got a very i also have a quick story i think i might have said this on the pod before but stoke away just brings back emotional memories to me because i was in australia when we got relegated there back in was it 07 or whenever it was and i just remember walking down um through brisbane crying because we've been relegated and it was like what 11 o'clock at night or something stupid in Australian time. And so, yeah, Stoke away is one of those, one of those grounds that gives me those emotional vibes. So I hope we do a job on um, Saturday, but it's just, ugh. core yeah. memory unlocked. Uh, Jim, what, uh, what are you thinking heading into Stoke on Saturday? I'm hoping for another performance like tonight. I think they're going to be more physical. I know, like Stoker is a physical team that kind of, um, yeah, like they'll be at home, and um, like like I remember the same day, Chris as well. So I also cried. So um, it was really kind of the first time you know we, yeah, we were used to going up and down the top two leagues, right? But like that was something different. Um, I think it should be a winnable game, the nineteenth, right? So we just, if we can play like we've been playing the last, what, 150 minutes or so, I'm hoping we'll, 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 we'll get, get the result. And I think this to me is hopefully mentally we've got the 10 point lead again. Ipswich have to do something to keep, keep, keep chasing us. So does Southampton. Um, and I feel like, it will be like, we don't know what will happen tomorrow. Like, will we sign Sensi? As you know, you guys talked about, will we lose KDH? You know, it's not unknown that a player's played in it. It didn't seem like when he scored and at the end of the game, he was doing his goodbyes. So I think that may be a bit of the positive. I don't think he would be the sort of player. So maybe he said, look, I'm going to stick it out. You know, maybe he saw that. He, he got in at the end of the game and went, oh, yeah, they just got lamped 4-0 by Luton. So do I really want to go there um, or not? I'm the, main guy, I'm the main guy in the Leicester City lineup. I get my hometown club promoted. I'm you know, pretty much one of the best players in the championship. 
I can ride that momentum and, and, and kick on. And I think hopefully that's, I think he seems like that sort of guy that's got that mentality that would stick it out and, and probably want to take us back up to the, to the Premier League. So I'm hoping for that. And then I'm hoping maybe we get Sensi, but he seems like the sort of player that's either going to be amazing and will just be so good or it's going to be an absolute disaster and he's going to play like five minutes and get injured and then we'll never see him again. And, you know, it's like, what could it have been? Did Why did we do this? Because I don't imagine he's on cheap wages. I'm sure so, not. Yeah. yeah, the combination of him being at Seagrave and then also being in the championship where players will just kick you to fucking kick you like it's i don't know i can't be the only one that's kind of yeah. nervous about it jason if we get more minutes out of him than we got for roberto mancini then you know <laughs> i we'll think it's that. a win It'll be a positive yeah and like he, i i agree there's going to be no middle ground like he's not going to be a, 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 a every week six and a half out of ten player like it's either going to be just sheer brilliance from the guy and he's just playing his best football or it's going to be like, Oh my goodness, what do we do? But I like that though. Like I like a bit of excitement with a signing and we haven't, we we're getting that again. And I think this is kind of one thing that I've really enjoyed about the championship It's kind of brought me back to why I like football and why I fell in love with it and just reminding me of, of moments where like in, in the Premier League, we're just so saturated with information about every single player and every single club. It's nice to have a bit of mystery again, going into a game and uh, it's nice to have a little bit of, you know, excitement and, um, and a little bit of unknown about a transfer that's coming in. And um, I'd love to see a player like him with us and see what he can would do at this division and um and then you know hopefully we get promoted and, and he's healthy and and can play with us in the in the premier league and you know these are the types of signings too i i worry about enzo and, and a manager like him and how long he'll he'll stay and if he doesn't get you know what should be a fairly straightforward and simple signing like this like what's that going to do for for enzo and and you know his plans to stay at the club my, my worry on him is, sorry, when I Chris, you probably don't want to ask Chris Matt, but he's played 35 minutes this season. And it doesn't matter, like, how good he is. He's going to take some time to get fit. Yeah. Right. And he, I, like, I think he is, he seems kind of like a Winks type player, but the, maybe a bit more tackle and a bit more aggression. But I, like I don't, I'm sure he could probably play, and he'll probably play in an eight if he plays. But yeah, I'm kind of excited with 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 Eunice kind of getting some minutes and kind yeah, of getting momentum. And like as you said, Jason earlier, like he's getting the tough love, and it's like we want more from you, and he's starting to show it. And he's been trying more and more. He's getting more confident, and I think that I think we talked earlier in the season on the pod about. He wasn't an eight. We signed him as a winger. And he's sort of showing he can play as an attacking eight a little bit more. I'd like to give him give him yeah. some minutes. Just, yeah. Do we really need Sensi with the financial situation and the, the gap ahead? And 
I don't know where Braybrook is. I don't know where Will Alves is in their comebacks. You know, we've got Racky coming into the squad. You know, we've got, you know, some potential there. That yeah, I think yeah. we could, with what we've got, we could, like, if we don't lose anyone that we don't want to lose, I think we've got the squad that will get us through to the end of the season, to be honest. Yeah, he's definitely uh, yet another player that has just taken the position hat off and Enzo's put another one on their head, and it's been impressive this year. I uh, did want to give a shout-out, guys, to the women uh, who had a nice week with a double over Everton, beating them in the FA Cup and then also getting a nice league win against them. They are now sitting seventh in the league, a couple more big signings. Uh, good to see Jason. Definitely, definitely. Uh, Any time we get a chance to get over, get over on Everton, whether it's the men's side or the women's side, I think is a good thing. Uh, I think we owe them, you know, a pacing every time we play them after some of the stuff that they've pulled um, in the last few seasons. Uh, but it's encouraging to see um, players like came and deliver. Uh, but it's really also nice to see these new signings just slot right in. Um, right away and, and make a difference. So um, I've been very impressed with the, with the recruitment being done on, on the women's side. And, you know, we lost one of our best players and, and for me, uh, our most dynamic player on the wing in, in Hannah Kane and have been able to kind of um, bring in other options um, to, to help with the attack. And we're seeing Missy Godwin also play some really nice attacking football as well. So, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm really happy with what we're seeing out of the, the women's team. And uh, it looks like, you know, this is a season that's not going to go down to the wire like it has in, in previous years. And we will stay up comfortably. We're in a bit of a group of death in the, in the Conti Cup, uh, but, but holding our own, which is, which is also freaking awesome to see. It's awesome to actually look at the women's table now and look up versus looking kind of down. I mean, we said at the beginning of this season, we expected, and I think that was the messaging from the club, to kick on into that next stage of setting a foundation to be part of this league for years and years to come. And they're delivering across the front. And yes, we had a couple of hiccups uh, um, around the Christmas break, but those teams we were playing at the Chelsea's, the United's, the Arsenal's, like the the teams that we aspire to be as a club in the women's game. And so it's absolutely brilliant to see them now pushing on, fighting with the likes of Villa now for those sorts of spaces. And so, hey, you know what? If we can finish above the Villa, that's always a good thing in the women's league as well. So, um, yeah, great job and such a great atmosphere, it seems like, around the women's team at this moment in time. And so... Um, yeah, kudos to them all. Great stuff. It sounds like the new signings, especially the, the Japanese internationals, have kind of bedded in. It looks like Takarada, she, she was player of the match. I can't, we can't really say it, man of the match. Can we, we should say player of the match? We should be, um, but which is good news. And yeah, like you said, kicking on. And it seems like they're doing some thoughtful signings. You know, the new signing, the other new Swedish signing from Sweden, I should say. Um, coming in and like they're kind of looking at who's going to be coming in and developing the team going forward as well. So it's it's nice to see. And yeah, definitely the beating Derby and then beating Everton. That's what we like to see all, you know, very much as well. 
yeah, keep the vibes up on Beaver Drive, ladies. Love to see it. Uh, also did want to give a shout out to our wonderful chairman, uh, top uh, exchange nuptials, and married his uh, lovely fiance uh, over the weekend. Like, I, I think this is really good. It's good to see him happy. And, and, you know, I hope that she becomes like a massive, massive Lester fan. And they're like, I don't know, showing her in the box. We have like a, a Ty Taylor Swift or, you know, that would be amazing. Yeah, I wish, wish them a, a long and, and happy life together filled with, with, with plenty of love. So congratulations, Top. I just, when I think of this, I think back a few months ago to the engagement photo. Where he's standing yeah. on the, on the, on, he's a pitch out and he's got everything. It looks very cool. I mean, yeah, congratulations. It's, it's awesome to see. Um, and <laughs> I just laugh him the next Taylor Swift. <laughs> no, t- Ty Taylor Swift. Ty Taylor Swift. Tyler show her up in the box. It would be amazing. <laughs> clapping up there, going crazy. Um, I'm just sad that I didn't get invited. My, my, I guess my, I say, yeah, that, well, that was our invite. Jim, you know, I must have got caught up in customs uh, in the shit in there. Mm-hmm. Got lost in the mail. Mark Albrighton definitely wasn't delivering it. Yes. No, <laughs> for sure not. For sure not. And then I also wanted to wish all three of you happy West Morgan Day because on this day in 2012, we signed our captain. So, uh, oh. Jesus, 2012, guys. Uh, we should have we should have all had a rum tonight. Then in- yeah, that would have been perfect. I, know, I heard he was at uh, the city ground tonight, which is, uh, come on, Wes, there's better ways to celebrate that anniversary. F him, man. <laughs> Suck it, Forrest. Never, never. never He's never. ours. He's ours. Yeah. Uh, if you don't mind, uh, if I can just give a couple shout-outs here at the end. Please. Um, yeah, I just wanted to, to, to congratulate Big Strong Lester Jack on the birth of his daughter, Harper. Um, so... Things have been going really well for the lessons that she was born. And um, so congratulations, Jack, for, to you, you and Mom. And Harper is adorable. And right. um, yeah, congratulations. Big week of birthdays in New York Foxes. Our man Craig celebrating his birthday today. Oh, and then, Craig. Craig, you know, and he, so he's, he's not with you. He, he's, he's out of town, but hopefully back this weekend to do a little celebrating with us at the Stoke game. And uh, it'll be uh, Ben's birthday, uh, our big signing from Philly Foxes, who's now in New York Foxes, his birthday. So oh, if oh, you I are in New York been. and uh, you're around on Saturday, you know, please come down to the football factory and uh, watch the game with us and do a little bit of celebrate with us. It's going to be going to be a lot of fun this weekend. Absolutely. Yeah. And congratulations to Jack. Like you said, that's amazing. Um, so, yeah, if you're like Jason said, if you are near New York City, guys, get your booties over to uh the football factory to watch it's a 10 a.m kickoff for you guys on the east coast 7 a.m on the west coast if you're near san diego come join us at the blue foot as always if you're near rochester new york 9 a.m on the best time zone 9 a.m in texas i know that the dallas foxes will be getting together um if you're near rochester new york you can join our rochester foxes up there philadelphia foxes will be doing their thing I'm sure CJ will be getting that going as well. So, yeah, guys, look around, find your local chapter, find your friends, get together, get the chapter going. If you don't have one, just make your own. Do it. Just do it. Spread the less the love. 
this club means the world to all of us as we know yeah. it does to you. So thank you as always for joining us on the US Foxes podcast. If you could take one second and just hit that little five stars, it does help us get out in front of more people. So for Mount Rushmore to Mount Sorrow, guys, we'll see you next time on the US Foxes podcast. Cheers.